0: hallelujah it's good to catch up with you again online uh this wednesday we believe that you are having a blessed time seeking his face fellowshipping with him and um studying and praying feeling compassion for those around you hallelujah today we have with us brother sharath who will help us translate let's just pray Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you, Abba Father, that you are faithful. You'll do what you said. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with your glory. We worship you, our Father. We bless you. We thank you that you. Seek those who worship you in spirit and in truth. We love you, Lord, and we seek you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, our Father. Oh, faithful God. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Abba Father. Oh, faithful God. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Abba Father. Blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name. We worship you, Great King. We worship you, Holy One. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Abba Father. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. Oh, thank you for your faithful, tender mercies, your loving kindnesses. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah, Manalushto Brende Lebaria e Ekadas Samar Malada Riende Levoro Bosente Ria Balastan Amanda. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, you're faithful. Faithful, 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 faithful. Blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your tender mercies. Thank you for your loving kindnesses. We call every need met, every oak destroyed, every burden removed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's... uh, read something out of Ephesians, the first chapter, and the tenth verse, he says, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him. Hallelujah. Maybe we'll hear this in Canada also, Ephesians 1 and verse 10 hallelujah there is going to be a gathering of everything together in one the fullness of times which is coming up shortly and it's so good to be Uh, aware of these things and not be ignorant about these things. There's going to be such a gathering, such an enjoying of fellowship with one another, those who have gone ahead of us and those who are here. And we shall all meet the Lord in the air and ever be with Him. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that this is a very comforting thought and uh, it's not a bad story, a gloom story, but it's a very exciting thought. Hallelujah. So God has been dealing in different dispensations, and uh, we are in the church age, the age of grace, and uh, we are also known as living in the age of the Gentiles, you know, and then the Jewish dispensation will start as we were seeing last week, that God had, so to speak, uh, time pieces for each one of us. And um, there was a brief halt in the clock for the Jewish people. They were kept on hold, and they will be started off again for the last week, which is a seven-year period. And so we are at the very end of our time. And so, praise God, it was a roughly 2,000 year period which was inserted into uh, that period from uh, 483 you know there's a little period of time of 7 years before the 490 if you remember so it will be 483 and then 7 equals 490 as we were seeing all those you know little calculations there but nothing to be scared about I think Brother Anup did a very good job and helped us put it out there. So we are in this particular period approaching the very end of the church age and then the Jewish clock stops and our clock will never be started again. That's the end. So it's all about, you know, being together and then seeing the seven-year period. Praise God. So let's go look at... Um, thing or two. We were saying that 490 before the Babylonian captivity, 490 after the Babylonian captivity, the going forth to build up the temple and Jerusalem and the people going out to enjoy their land. And you find out that actually it was because they had not allowed the land to rest they had not given the sabbaths to the land, and God is very concerned about it. That's why you see, um, even in the New Testament, him talking about, let us fear, lest we come short of that rest. So they had not given the land rest, and they owed uh, God 70 Sabbaths. And that is why they had to go into captivity, and they were there for 70 years. Let's look at that scripture in the book of second chronicles chapter 36 very interesting how precise god is about all of these things and we read verse 17 he says therefore he brought upon them the king of the chaldees who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion upon young men or maiden or old man or him that stupeth for age, he gave them all into his hand. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord, treasures of the king and of his priests, all these he brought to Babylon. And they burnt the house of God, verse 19, break down the wall of Jerusalem, burnt all the palaces thereof with fire, destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof, 20, and them that had escaped from the sword carried away he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill. Notice that, 21, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill threescore and ten years. So notice there that there's this, you know, very serious attitude about God, that He just wants you to stick with some simple instructions, and in that period of time is supposed to be like the best years, you know, when they came out uh, under David's own rulership, things were so good, and they were doing well, and so they began to. Slip away. Somehow it seems as though when people are enjoying, you know, David was a good king, and when they're enjoying, um, people tend to slip. It's funny. It's as though they cannot handle prosperity, they cannot handle good things. And so during that period of time, they began to deviate slowly, and because of their, you know, abundant life or excess. They stopped giving the land the rest. They should have been planting for six years, and then one year would be rest, and then again pick it up like that. You know, every seventh year would be a rest, but they stopped doing that, thinking they don't have to observe, they can get more productivity. But that's how things began to fall and go downhill until they were now taken captive and carried off to Babylon so um, let's hear this maybe verse 21 and 22 of second chronicles and i'm sorry 20 and 21 second chronicles 36 in canada
1: etadadi kattige tappidavarannu avanu babelige hoyidanu avaralli parisara rajya da aagike paryantara deshavu adara sabhakugalannu <laughs> anubhavisaparyantara Amen.
0: So you can see that that's how God is. God is pretty serious about this rest that he has for us. Therefore, in the new covenant, it becomes very straight and... Plainly written in Hebrews 4 and the beginning verse there, it says, Let us fear, lest the promise of entering into his rest, any of us should fall short of it. So um, as an unbeliever, Jesus invites you to take his yoke upon you and then enter into rest, learn of him, and enjoy that relaxed place. So there's a place of rest that is meant for the believer And we should uh, live from that place, not anxiety, fear, and uh, worry, and all of these things. They They are not for us. We are from above, and we are called to live in that place where God has gone ahead and done everything for us from the very beginning. Settled everything in Christ Jesus, and we need to enter into that place of rest and relaxed faith in God. Hallelujah. So you can see this is how come they were in captivity for uh, 70 years. And then as Daniel began to study the prophecies of Jeremiah, who said it very plainly, and so Jeremiah suffered a lot, but as he prayed about it and sought God about it, God then gave him these extra uh, periods of time, which even came into the time that we live in. So that's where we read from last week from Jeremiah I mean um um Daniel chapter nine. We read about those weeks. Praise God for all that so um, let's see if we can read another couple of things. You know these are usually left for people who are interested in them, but today we realize we better get interested in them because. We're going to be going out of here very soon. So it's better to know what's coming up and what God had been thinking about from time uh, immemorial. Let's go to the book of uh, James and the fifth chapter. Notice there, verse 9, it says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Do you notice that? So there's... There's something about the judge at the door. And you will see some language like that again in the Gospels, the judge at the door. So it just means that, you know, things are really close. How far is the door from the house? I mean, no matter how far it is, you know, maybe a very big house, but still it's still the door, you know. That means it's really close by. And this was written 2,000 years ago. But now the fullness of times has unveiled itself and you can perceive the travail and the sufferings and birth pangs that are on the earth and even we ourselves, we have this uh, rising up from within us, a certain cry, a desperation, um, getting fed up of the way things are. So that's the cry that we have been reading about in Romans 8 for the Believer and also for the earth and all of creation. But praise God, all that is getting over soon. So the context for us is don't grudge against one another. Let's be merciful. Sometimes it's not very easy if you go by the natural, but uh, we need to prepare ourselves for that great coming home and make sure we're not going to trip anybody up. We're going to be helping others. So let's not uh, have any malice. And any attitude of murmuring and being fed up of each other and all of that, those are all natural tendencies, but let's go with the Spirit of God, with our true nature, which is to be a blessing and to prefer others above ourselves. That's the nature that we have, just like the Lord Jesus, who bore these things for us so that the infirmities, the weaknesses came upon Him, The reproach came upon Him, and the blessing came upon us. Hallelujah. So, you know, follow those thoughts during this period of time, because you could get affected by the natural realm, and want to grudge, and murmur, and complain, but it's better to just be at peace, and love the brethren, love people, because the judge is really close by. That day has come. Hallelujah. Let's hear this also in Canada, James chapter five and the ninth
1: verse.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you notice, we were saying some things would make a little more sense if you read them differently. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 and verse 26, He said, how do you read these things? How do you read the Scripture? How do you read the law? And so on. So, you know, it's, it's based on interpretation and clarity. Of course, the Scripture has only one interpretation, which is the Holy Ghost interpretation. <laughs> we can't argue with that. But it may have many other uh, applications You may use it, for example, in different shades. So, um, you know, some of these parables that the Lord talks about, uh, if you use it for our time period, it doesn't really fit. So it'll be nice to see, can you read it some other way? Is there another interpretation? Of course, there's always a right interpretation. And we must understand that, Uh, The gospel did not actually have any um, revelation per se of the church age. And we saw how the disciples just wanted to know when is the kingdom coming. In fact, that word kingdom also was not for us. Our gospel is the gospel which the church has. The kingdom and that thought is actually for the millennial reign that's coming up and the Jewish mentality. You see how, if you begin to look at it like that, things are a little bit different. (laughs) So we're going to look at some of these angles and see where do they really fit. So let's uh, notice that uh, Matthew has seemed to be the clearest on a lot of these issues, maybe because he was a tax collector, So he had some details that others didn't have. And he he wrote a lot extensively about this. So let's go to Matthew 24 and observe there, verse 1. He says, Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. This is how 24 starts. So he, he was in the temple and he had just spoken to them about chapter 23, how he said, you people are just talking about the small things and you're missing the big issues. You remember? They were talking more about anise and cumin and small, small law details and they were missing the faith. They were missing the mercy and the proper judgment or thinking of God. So he he gave them a few shots and he said, Woe unto you. There was a lot of woe there. He shot the organized religion. And then 24 begins, And Jesus went out and departed. Notice, went out and departed. He could have just said, went out. He could just say, Jesus went out from the temple. But where he uses this departed also means that that was it. He was not going to have anything to do with that area again. He had given them all that he wanted to say. He told them very plainly that they were missing it. And he called them hypocrites, you know, all of those strong things. And then 24 began. So he's directed at those kind of things from the temple. And his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. You remember, they were very impressed with the whole temple. Verse 2, And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, They shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. He said, You guys are so bothered about all this, telling you there's going to be nothing left, not even a stone upon the other. And so they were more concerned, like everybody else, with natural things, you know, and Jesus was trying to tell them that what you're holding on to is going, you know, and by AD 70, it actually happened. So 40 years later, everything was destroyed. Rome and the rule of Rome had uh, completely decimated Jewish people and all of their buildings, Verse three, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, you know, and began to say things like Tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. So there could be deception that he's talking about there around these things. Verse 5 For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So, in other words, you could say that a lot of this deception is not necessarily targeted at us, but at the people who are going to be in that Jewish time. Are you getting it? And you shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. So, praise God, you could say we we find ourselves somewhere there also. Verse 9, Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended, betray one another, hate one another. False prophets shall arise, deceive many. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. He that shall endure unto the end shall be saved. Now, verse 13 is pretty clear because if you look at it from the fact that you are saved by faith in Christ Jesus, then it doesn't make sense what this verse means. This verse is not written to the church you can see. This church is this verse is written to people who are in that period of time who have to endure after the church is gone. After the rapture has taken place, you may find it really hard to be a believer and you have to endure during that period of time to the end. Hallelujah. And then you will be saved. Isn't that interesting? Or delivered or You will not die. You will come into the millennium. That's what he means. Verse 14. Look at this verse. If you read it differently. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Which end is he talking about? That is the end. And then the beginning of the uh, millennial period. Are you seeing it? So, it's not that when the church has preached to everybody or every nation, then the end comes for us. No. We may just be leaving tonight. We may leave in the next 30 minutes. This verse is actually talking about those who are going to be, you know, preaching, who are going to be sharing the message of the gospel or Jesus Christ during that period. hmm <laughs> very interesting let's see if we can read a verse or two in Canada also um, maybe
1: verse 1 of 24
0: amen let's read verse 14 also in Canada
1: is you
0: Amen. See how verse 15 continues. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso read it, let him understand. So he's talking about a specific thing that Daniel has talked about. Are you seeing it? And Jesus said, whoso reads it, let him understand it. In other words, we are supposed to understand it. And that was a particular thing that was written over there in Daniel, the ninth chapter, praise God, and let's jump off to that and see if we can follow it. It says there, in verse 27 of chapter 9, He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week He shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of Abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the con- consummation uh, that determined, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Wow, heavy words in uh, King James. But basically, as you read it, he says it continues like dovetailing over what we said last Wednesday, that this man, who is the Antichrist, is going to be... Uh, making a covenant with the Jewish people for from the beginning of the seven-year period. And they will trust him, and um, they will enjoy his security. He will actually take care of them. And, um, you know, initially he seemed like a great guy, defending them from the enemies. But then in the middle period, after three and a half years, he's going to now break that covenant... And he's going to go into the temple, sit there, stop every other sacrifice and oblation or cleansing and say that he is supposed to be the one that they are to worship. And that's when they will understand that he's not their Messiah. Hallelujah. Major stuff. So um, you can see that that comes in line with what he's saying here. It's not really talking to the church time. Can you see that? So verse 14 and 15, they are all linked together for a certain time period. Verse 16, Then let them which be in Judea flee unto the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Praise God. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And all of these things, if you are with a child, if it is winter... Your flight should not be in winter or on the Sabbath day. Remember? All those kind of things. They don't don't make sense with us. Did you notice that? What do we have to do with Sabbath day or such kind of directions? Can you see? So the 24th is not really speaking to us. That 24th chapter is not really talking to us. It's talking about a particular group of people who are familiar with these thoughts, which is the Jewish people, for that particular period of time that is coming. And so, very interesting. Let's hear 9 uh, of Daniel and verse 27
1: in Kannada also, please. (laughs)
0: amen let's also look into the book of luke for a minute luke chapter twenty and verse twenty one all right sorry twenty one twenty luke chapter twenty one verse twenty And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. So this is also uh, one of the questions asked, what do we know about the times and Jerusalem with respect to all this? When you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, let them which are in the midst of it depart out. Let not them that are in the countries enter there into. These be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, them that give suck in those days. There shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. They shall fall by the edge of the sword, shall be led away captive into all nations. Jerusalem shall be trodden of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So here he's talking about the times of the Gentiles being fulfilled also. Notice that when they are going to be encompassed or surrounded by other armies, then they have to flee in a certain direction to the mountains and uh, be careful that those who are with babies and so on are going to be really under stress. So other nations, treating them badly, wrath and so on, the edge of the sword, etc. And some of these things also happened uh, when Jerusalem was trodden under the feet of the Romans. And so um, you could see that it has a bit of a double reference, but it has more specific reference to those who are Uh, Of the Jewish persuasion. Amen. So let's go back and observe. In um, Matthew 21. Matthew 24. Sorry. Matthew 24. And uh, let's read the. Wars rumors of wars nation against nation beginning of sorrows. Many shall be offended, false prophets, iniquity shall abound, love of many, he that endures to the end. We read all that. Then we saw abomination of desolation in verse 15, spoken by Daniel the prophet. He said, when you see that happening, flee to the mountains. And that's also quoted in Daniel eleven forty-one. And there were some mountain ranges that were supposed to be protective sites that God has kept for them to flee to, which are Edom, Moab, and Ammon, three mountains um, which have always been enemies to Israel, but in this case they suddenly become places of protection. You can read it in um, Daniel 11:41. 41. So um, it has a special delivery pattern, you can escape if you follow the scripture. So if you're reading your Bible during that time, you can escape. You won't be going through that problem, except that if you have um, you know, pregnant women and the weather is bad and all of that stuff, it may be tougher, but they still escape, notice. So during that period of time where the Antichrist and the tribulation are still on the earth, there's still plans to keep his people. Over that period of time he's that kind of God, very interesting person, and so you can see that you cannot therefore take everything out of twenty four and use it just for the church. It's not really written to us. Hallelujah, praise God, maybe we can hear if possible daniel eleven forty one in Canada. It would be nice.
1: Italy, um... Ramyavada Desha Rakundu Gun. Anika Deshiburu Keravado Ada Edu Mowabu Amuna Makalli Mukestagu Atanaka in the Papisicular.
0: Amen. Praise God. So there it is. Hallelujah. And we go on as we keep reading back in twenty-four. This gospel of the kingdom and then seventeen, the house top, eighteen. So if you're in the field, don't go back there to take your clothes. 19, woe to them that are with child. 20, pray that your flight is not in the winter. 21, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time, no, not ever shall be, nor ever shall be. So this is after he has come into that temple and sat there, From tribulation, it becomes great tribulation. The remaining three and a half years of that seven-year period are super, super troublesome, like it has never been on the earth before. The worst trouble, the worst times to live on. So, um, you know, praise God for us who have bowed our knees and called upon His name in this period of grace. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. It was His goodness that was revealed to us. Thank God. Uh, But to get saved and to follow him in that time is going to be extra specially hard, especially after the first three and a half years and the Antichrist breaks his covenant with the Jewish people. So praise God. You know, things will change now uh, as you start reading along. We read 21, 22. Now he says, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. In other words, because it's so terrible, he's not going to have one extra day even. Not even one. He will come immediately after the seven years. He's not going to waste any more time. Otherwise, there will be no Jewish people, there will be nothing left. It's going to be a really bad time. 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here he is Christ, or Uh, There, believe it not, there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders in so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now this elect is those who have accepted the Lord in the tribulation period. So these false Christs and false prophets are going to be during that time. So the, the enemy wants to lure them back so he can destroy them. Using these false Christs. So maybe there will be so much development and high tech that they will see it on their phones that Jesus has come and Jesus is calling you even by name. So please come, don't be afraid. But if you leave the mountains, guess what? You're going to be destroyed. So it'll have to be again trusting the word for that season. Verse 24 There shall arise false Christs, false prophets. Show great signs and wonders. 25. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh. That's talking about the time Jesus is going to come back and reveal himself to the Jewish people. As the lightning cometh. Verse 27. Out of the east and shineth even to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For notice that, wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. So that's talking about a period of time where um, there is such a war going on, that Israel is like carcasses, and instead of eagles, the word should be actually vulture, Vultures will be gathering, or other nations will be gathering to destroy them. And that's the time when Jesus appears in that Armageddon setting, like lightning from the east to the west, in the glory of God. And every eye shall see Him. Hallelujah. And they will look at Him that they have pierced, the Bible says in Zechariah, the 12th chapter, I believe. So that time every eye will see Him. Notice that. But in this particular case where He's coming to take us away, only we will see Him. Praise God. And only we will hear certain things like the trumpet, the shout of the Lord, and the voice of the archangel. Only we are going to hear some things. But in this case, He's going to come out openly before them. So I'm just trying to see if we can understand that 24 may not be carrying much for us even though you can take verses out of it and use it as an example for something the Spirit of God wants to tell you. Are you getting it? Hallelujah. 28. Whithersoever the carcasses, there will the eagles be gathered together. That word eagles is supposed to be vultures. Anyway, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. In other words... In the tribulation, there's going to be sun and moon and all of that. It's going to be like normal stuff. But after, the sun will be darkened, moon shall not give her light, stars shall fall from the heaven, powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Praise God. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. All the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. <laughs> Praise God. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. They shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So in this case, um, he comes and then angels are involved in gathering the people out of there. Verse 32, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. So for us, what we take home from that is, the judge is at the door, notice, don't grumble, don't grudge, walk in love, be a blessing. Try to be tender-hearted, even though, according to the book of Timothy, we that are the church in the last days will be experiencing unthankful, unholy behavior. There will be a lot of uh, waxing cold and people not walking in love. All of that stuff will be there, but uh, praise God, it doesn't matter. Don't grudge. Be a blessing. Prefer others to yourself. Don't get hardened. Hallelujah. The judge is at the door. Maybe we should read a verse or two of this in Kannada also.
1: Maybe verse 30. <laughs>
0: hallelujah and also maybe verse 32 let's hear that in Kannada and then we'll talk about it a little bit praise God so he talks here about the fig tree and the fig tree has been a symbol for Israel the Jewish people And so he says there, in verse 34, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So in other words, when you see Israel being formed as a nation, that generation that sees it will not pass away. And uh, you know this happened in 1948. Brother Anandraj is a good example of someone who could be in that generation, and I believe that that's the generation. And so that generation will not pass away until you see these kind of things come to pass. And so I believe that the church is in the very last generation because we are seeing a lot of these things already being set up. You know, people are already surrounding Israel. Nations are already plotting against her. Recently there was an explosion in Lebanon, And um, it has been known very plainly that it was Hamas and so on. We are not politicians and political people, but we are just picking up stuff from our day-to-day news, which is uh, newsworthy, which is basically true. And so nations are plotting, gnashing their teeth, gathering around Israel. And so those days are really coming quickly. Hallelujah. Mm, let's read verse thirty four also in Canada, please amen so he said there also the heaven and earth will not pass away It's easier than for heaven and earth to pass away than one of his words to fail in other words, these words are going to come to pass. Verse 36 says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So you can see that this verse is actually written about the tribulation. Hallelujah. So if he does not know the day of the tribulation's beginning, he does not know the day of the rapture either. Because the rapture will take place and then the tribulation will take place. So that is how we get the idea that Jesus does not know when he's coming to take the church because he doesn't know when he's coming in the tribulation uh, timing also. (laughs) Very interesting. So this is a very secret thing that the Father alone knows. Praise God. Maybe you you can think about it a little bit Can you imagine the father having a secret from the son? But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. In other words, that Noah line also is going to come into that period of time. Are you seeing it? It's very possible to read it that way. 38, as the days that were before the flood they were eating and drinking marrying giving in marriage until the day that noah entered into the ark of course this can be always you know used in context of yes we are in the last days but to be precise it is for that period of time that even after the church leaves the earth people are going to pretend as if nothing happened and just go on i already see that happening people are acting as if nothing has happened and life goes on as usual. <laughs> but you and I know that it's not life going on as usual ever. It's not going to be forever, ever going to be the same. Hallelujah. Until they entered into the ark. Until Jesus comes. Now, let's pause there, take a small dive to Second Thessalonians and observe there chapter 2. This is uh, something that now concerns us because it's written directly to the church. Verse 1, he says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. So this is talking to us. The coming of the Lord and our gathering. So there's going to be one place where God gathers everybody together. Talk about a gathering. Those that are gone before us and those who are alive and remain. Praise God that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. So notice here, he says there that they should not be troubled, as though that day had come, or even as though they had written a special letter. According to history, very interesting thought, These people were being cheated and being told that Paul had changed his mind, that what he said was not correct, and that he wrote another letter saying that um, the tribulation is actually happening because they were living in a period where Nero was ruling. And according to their traditional true belief, they knew that Rome would be in power during that time. And so they thought, there that's Nero and he's killing Christians, so we are right in the tribulation. It was tough. And so many of them had quit and just given up and said, we are in the tribulation. And that's why he had to now write this letter and say, hey guys, listen, don't be moved as though we have written a letter telling you any such thing. He said, but let no man deceive you, verse 3 says, By any means, for that day shall not come, except they come a falling away first, that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now that word, falling away, has caused a lot of trouble and got people stuck, because it it is the word apostasia. And according to the great scholars, I'm not a great scholar, but I'm convinced that we are going in the rapture. And based on that thought, I had to now examine it And apostasia has verb and noun. In this text, it's in the noun. So it is only qualified by the sense. If it is looked at any other way, it becomes like King James, it becomes negative, where it looks as if people are falling away from Christ. That is the classic, usual way people look at it. But in this context, it is kept as a noun, which does not mean anything except for when you join it with a sentence. Then the sentence plus that gives the full meaning. Praise God. In, in other words, you have to interpret it based on what Jesus is saying, that except we first are taken away or removed, that the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is as God sitteth he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know, notice verse six, now you know what withholdeth are you seeing that what withholdeth? that he might be revealed in his time. So when you look at the sense there, something is withholding the man of sin from being revealed, or the Antichrist from being revealed. What is that? The church. The church is holding him back. Even if there were just one believer on the earth, because the Spirit of God is the greater one, hallelujah, he's still going to be held back. But thank God... It's not just the Holy Spirit that's holding him back, but the church that's holding him back. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. They just cannot. It's not possible. We are the greater ones on the earth because of who is on the inside of us. And because of the salvation we have, we preserve the earth. We keep the earth. No wonder we should rest. Hallelujah. So you can just kick back and rest and say, nothing can happen because we are here. See, all these things only happen after we leave. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. And now you know what withhold it that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. So sometimes people can say but I thought the church was a she the beauty about it is the church is he and she not you know hermaphrodite (laughs) according to biology but he's the the body of Christ is the church are you getting that that's the he part and then there's the bride part where God and Jesus have this arrangement that he loves the church and he wants to marry the church And the bride is going to be adorned, you know, and come down from heaven and then marry him. Glory to God. That is going to end one day, but the body of Christ never ends. Hallelujah. The church also, you know, in quote, ends. That period ends. But the body of Christ is always the body of Christ. Are you getting it? For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. So the body of Christ is going to be taken out of the way. The head is in heaven. The body is here. It's going to be taken away. Notice that the family of God, however, begins in heaven and it will always be there. The body and bride, all those kind of figurative things are going to be, you know, changing based on time and season. But you'll always be the family of God. Hallelujah. The church is going to be there for a certain time. After that, there's not really referred to the church. Are you getting that? (laughs) Some things to think about. Verse 7, we read that. Verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. So here he he closes it up. So between verse 1 and verse 8, the whole thing is wrapped up there. Everything is settled. The wicked shall be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and destroy with the brightness of His coming. In that coming, we will also be there. We're all coming with Him. Picture us all riding horses coming with Him. Hallelujah. Enjoying um, our tour of heaven after seven years. And then we come down here, watch the judgment on the earth there, and um, press into the periods that are coming after that. Isn't that interesting? Verse 9, even who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. In other words, that guy is going to be possessed. Satan is going to have him possessed completely. And he's going to work signs and wonders. During that tribulation time, there's going to be major signs and wonders by this, you know, this Antichrist person. And those false prophet type people. It's going to be interesting and so if you're not convinced about the word of God during that time you may not be convinced about Jesus even during that time because there's going to be power displays happening amazing power displays thank God we'll be out of here by then we're just talking about those who are left behind those who are of the Jewish um, background and, and the other nations if they're going to be by signs and wonders you can't be sure they're going to make it at all. It has to be based on the Scripture and a desire for truth. This desire for truth is an amazing thing. If you don't have a desire for truth, you can be cheated. Verse 10, "...with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie." that they may be all, notice that, damned, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Praise God. Like that it goes. Let's see if we can get a verse or two also in Canada. Maybe we can read verse one. Thank you, brother.
1: Samadri, nama kathra da esu kristana baromodha vishaywaadhiyao. Nau aathna badali koodi koldhutera vishaywaadhiyao. Nimmanu beri koldhutera vishaywaadhiyao. Martin Dagari Now Hagi, New Manadali,
0: Awesome.
1: Verse three, please. Untagi, Papa the Amen. And then verse
0: Maybe verse six also.
1: Itala de Avono, Tama yenu Protection Agudake, Yeno Adimortado, Atunime Tilideade.
0: And then verse seven also, brother.
1: Dusta de Marmo, Iga de Care Marta de Avono, Teguel Padua Regi, Iga Adimari Watano, Matra Adimarvan.
0: And then, of course, verse eight. Thank you.
1: Ada Adusto, Protection Agono.
0: Amen. So you can see that there's no need to be scared of this fellow at all. He's just nothing compared to the glory that's on the inside of us and the person that we are the body of. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Shall we go back to um, Matthew 24 now? So rest your case there, don't be worried, don't be anxious. I think you can generally relax knowing that you are the ones that are preserving the earth from allowing the Antichrist to reveal himself even though the operations are going on. Now let's think about something. This person has to go and sit in the temple, according to Daniel. And up till that point where he sits there and breaks the covenant with the Jewish people, they actually think he's their Messiah. That means he must be a Jew. Keep that thought there. Otherwise they will never accept him as their Messiah. So this person has to be of a Jewish background, the Antichrist. And then if you remember, we were talking about you know, the structure that was shown to Nebuchadnezzar and how the head was gold, and that represented Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian kingdom. And then after that came the silver, which was of the breast and the arms, which was talking about the next kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. And then came the belly and the thighs, which was of brass, which was supposed to be uh, Alexander the Great, the Greeks. You know, We'll pause at the Greeks for a minute. Alexander the Great, I read about him, it was very interesting. The chap was something else. He died around 33, and so he, he became the ruler almost at the age of uh, 20, and he, within 12 years he had conquered the whole earth. Can you imagine? From 20 to 33 he conquered the whole earth. He ruled the whole earth. He was an amazing person. And uh, he died as an alcoholic, not as a believer, but um, he had this amazing quality that he used and forced any nation that he conquered to study a new form of Greek, which was known as koine, K-O-I-N-E, which is not the flowery uh, Greek of Homer and all that, but it was more of a uh, common man's Greek, and guess what? The New Testament was written in that. So you could say that God was working behind the scenes, even using an unbeliever to make the whole earth learn this language called Koine, where the New Testament people could just immediately translate into it and would understand the Gospel. So even unbelievers are used by God, because He He's the one that controls things, Even though men take counsel against him, he still works in it all. He has humbled himself to behold the things that are on the earth. Amazing. Anyway, that man passes on. And then comes (coughs) the longest rule, which was in the legs, Rome, iron. And they were almost a thousand years on the earth in their amazing, brutal, domineering style And then finally came the legs, which was a mixture of the clay and iron, showing that it was not a very powerful rule, or such a dominating rule, but that it was partially Rome, and then other nations. So the last uh, rule that is going to come uh, just before, I mean just after us, just after we leave, is going to be Roman slash slash other nations. It's not going to be so powerful. They will try to control everybody, but they will not be able to control everybody. So you can see, even that period of time, they're not able to control everybody. So you can see, even through this period of time in which we are living, you can see some people are trying to control, but they're not able to control the way they were planning. So I believe we're in a test kind of setup here. They're pressing to see how much they can control. And then I've been hearing about things in Europe, because Rome and the revived uh, European kingdoms are going to form this antichrist uh, kind of state or government, that they are making plans to reset the global rulership structure. Uh, They are doing such meetings in Europe in a place called Davos in Switzerland. And it's called Reset 2020. All these things are happening. They're already plotting how to remove Trump and how to put other European rule in motion and make America into some kind of socialist place. All of these things are there. You can read it. It's in the news and so on. So things are not what they seem like at this period of time. We are the people that are holding everything back. The minute we are out of here, you're going to see that America won't be there really in that governing capacity as it was. Instead, Europe and the old Roman Empire revived will be in charge, and this Antichrist will be from all of that. Praise God. Let's um, read Matthew 24 again and see. So you should not believe. During that time, if they, they say, Oh, Jesus is here, Jesus is there, Jesus knows your name, and, you know, by, in quote, gifts, they can call you by name, tell you what you're doing, and people could be fooled. Meanwhile, they just want you to leave that protective place so that you'll be caught. said, 26, when they say to you, Behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he's in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh. So that talks about how Jesus is going to come and settle all of those things. And with the brightness of His coming, He's going to bring judgment upon the Antichrist and those who were disobedient. Hallelujah. And He's going to intervene in that war there. Glory to God. With great glory, verse 30 says, and then 31, He will send His angels with great sound, uh, of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect. Notice this a different trumpet from our trumpet. In our trumpet only we hear it. When Jesus comes with a shout, and then the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God. Can you imagine God blowing a trumpet? Usually those trumpets are for war. Hallelujah. And they're also for assembly. So there's going to be an assembling And the judgment and war. Hallelujah. Verse 32. Parable of the fig tree. So this generation that sees these things. 35 we saw that. 36. The angels don't know also. Verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Not the angels of heaven. But my father only. But as the days of Noah. We read that. Before the flood. Time. Two, okay. Then shall two be in the field. So this is not talking about two believers. It's talking about one becoming a believer, one being an unbeliever. One is taken away. Two women grinding at the mill, one shall be taken. This is also talking only about one being a believer, the one that's a believer and the one that's an unbeliever. Forty-two. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But this know, that if the good man of the house had known what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered the house to be broken up. Therefore, be also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. So you could say, if you use that verse for the church, well, it, it may not be very accurate because... First Thessalonians 5.8 says we don't have to be surprised. We don't have to be surprised about that day or that hour because we are the church, we are children of light. So you can see that, you know, well, you could take a little bit of it, in verse 44, and say be prepared, but it's not directly written to us. Hallelujah. 45. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord has made ruler over his household? To give them meat in due season. Think about this. Blessed is the servant whom his lord cometh, or his lord when he cometh shall find him so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his house. But and if that servant, or rather that evil servant, shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him in an hour that he is not aware of and cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now if you were to use this for present day uh, church, just look at it. How can you take a believer and throw him into a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth? See how it doesn't make sense? So people can extract this and say, you know, if you don't feed the church and you begin to slack, you're going to be thrown into the you know, place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. So in other words, for the believer, this is not exactly the kind of scripture. And um, it it takes conviction by the Word of God and the grace of God, you know, to be able to say... This verse is not for us. Hallelujah. So, um, we we need to just prayerfully consider those who take such verses just like that and swallow them. But this is not really written to us. But it's written to someone who could be a believer during the time of the tribulation, who is not doing the right thing, who is not... You know, acting on the word that he has believed in. And um, because he's not true, can you see that? Either he's true or he's not true. One will be taken away among them. And it will always be the unbelieving one. He's called a wicked servant. The believer is not called a wicked servant. Are you getting this? We are sons. And we are servants in court. But we are not wicked We can act like wicked ones, but we are not wicked. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hope that helps you. Now let's jump into 25. It starts off with verse 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took the lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Notice that they are called ten virgins that went to meet the bridegroom. They are not the bride. They are called the virgins. You have to be able to understand um, what marriage ceremonies were like back in that time and look at it from that culture before you can really interpret this properly. And um, it takes a bit of reading this and that and figuring it out, but let's see what we can do. Apparently, what we follow today as... um, traditional wedding and so on in the church comes from the Catholic Church and it's about five hundred years old. But the original biblical context of a Jewish marriage has this, you know, kind of flavor with it, that there were people called uh friends of the bridegroom, friends of the bride, that they were not the bride but they were close and they were friends and they got involved with the ceremony and all of that, okay? So they are called uh, virgins here. They went forth, they took lamps to meet the bridegroom. So here, uh, the story of the marriage is that it's supposed to be a contract that the boy does with the father of the bride. And is basically based on cash also. Hence, we have ancient traditions in some of our backgrounds that where the cash came in. And so you had to make a, uh, a contract, kind of, and if the father of the bride was happy with what you said, and the amounts, and all of that, then he would actually give the girl to you in hand. And then you took her to your house, and you slept with her, and that was it. And when that happened, there was a party. So these things could go on for long, like our Punjabis or whoever, and sometimes they would be like a month long, and while they were sleeping with each other, enjoying themselves, once in a while they will come out and eat with the rest of them, and party with them. Party was still going on. So that's how the supper used to be. Hallelujah. Verse 2, And five of them were wise, five were foolish. Notice that. This is not talking about the church or the bride. This is talking about the friends who are called virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. Verse 3, They that were foolish took their lamps and took not oil with them. Some people could catch you and say, Does this mean that if you don't speak in tongues or you're not anointed with the Spirit of God, you're not going to heaven? All of those kind of questions, you know. Verse 6, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, so he's supposed to be coming. And, uh, you know, he seems to be delayed. They all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. They that were ready went with him to the marriage and shut, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, 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 Open to us. But he answered and said. Verily I say unto you. I know you not. (laughs) Hallelujah. Watch therefore. For you know not. You know neither the day nor the hour. wherein the Son of Man cometh. Hallelujah. So this is a nice one to. Conk somebody on the head. In the church. But it's not really written to the church. It's written to. People who are called the friends. During the time of the tribulation, Jesus is going to make a lot of friends while the tribulation is going on. Because there's going to be preaching going on, and people are going to listen. People are going to, some are going to accept, some are not going to. But there's going to be a lot of friends. And they may be delaying things because... Just like now, you preach to your neighbors, you preach to your relatives, and they just say, yeah, 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 see you later. And they just keep delaying. So they're like, ah, he's coming anyway, right? So no problem. And then suddenly, he comes. Are you getting that? So he's not talking about anybody filled with the Spirit or speaking in tongues. He's saying either you're saved or you're not saved. It's that simple. And if you don't have that oil, go and accept Jesus and then you will get it you will be saved how about that? think about it Okay, go and read it like that and see he says otherwise I don't know you praise God verse 11 afterward came also the other virgin saying Lord Lord open to us but he answered and said verily I say unto you I know you not watch therefore are you seeing that? Verse 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man. So, all these are kingdom of heaven things, which is not really talking to us because he's talking about the millennial kingdom. Think about it. You don't have to swallow it. But you will see that it starts to make a lot of sense to all these shady things that can be used to bonk you on the head as a believer. Very confusing. I've heard of these things for some time, I used to wonder. It cannot mean that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not going to heaven. Come on. Is that this, this cannot be true. So you notice 24 and 25, they're kind of staying together. 25 starts with then. So it's going on. It shouldn't necessarily be divided, it's, but man has divided it. It's a conversation in answer to what they had asked about the last days and coming and so on and so forth. Let's see what we can read. Maybe chapter
1: 25, verse 1. Amen.
0: And then we can read also verse nine, then the wise answered saying, Not so, lest there be not
1: enough. Amen. So um,
0: salvation is for you. There's no sharing of salvation. Have you noticed that? I don't I, I cannot just give you some of my salvation. You know, we carry people on on backs for some time, but when it comes to salvation, they have to make a confession for themselves. You have to go and buy. You have to come, incline your ear, and buy. You have to accept. Praise God. It makes sense. The way I see it, it seems quite interestingly clear because of the way that they were thinking. Verse 14, the kingdom of heaven is as unto a man traveling to a far country..." Called his own servants, delivered unto them his goods. Notice, so five went, five were kept. All right, 15. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, every man according to his several ability, straightway took his journey. Then he that received the five talents went, traded with the same, made them other five talents, likewise two. He also gained two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them, so that he that had received five came, brought the other five talents. He said, you gave me this. Now I have gained another five. And so on it goes. He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, He says, uh, you've been faithful over few. I will make you ruler over many things. Notice that. So there's a place of where you are given rulership in a place. 22. He also that received two talents. He said, you delivered. And I gained again two. His Lord said, well done, thou good and faithful. Look what happens to the last guy. Then he had received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art ha- a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, it is yours. And he answered him, Notice, you wicked, slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I do not sow. You oughtest to have given the money to exchangers. He says, 28, Take therefore the talent from him, give to the one that has ten then he says, uh, so on and so forth. Then notice verse 30, Cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. How about that? So that's not our plight, as you can see. He doesn't take saved people and then cast them into darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is talking about the period of time During the tribulation where people have accepted Jesus and are using what they got to win others. And then there are some who are saying, I don't think I need to serve a God who is mean as this. Why are people still fighting wars? Why are there poor people on the earth? I don't want that kind of God who think he's mean. Are you getting it? And so they do not accept. They rather, in quote, bury it. And, uh, you know, he said, at least you could have been saved. How about that? Think about it. I subscribe to this kind of thinking because it makes more sense than to see a believer because he did not gain some others being cast into hell where there is gnashing of teeth. No, it's not for our season. It's not for our time. Jesus is talking to the people during the tribulation period. Are you getting it? Now, let's see what we can pick out of this as we have a, a little time left. Let's pick on, um, yeah, maybe verse 11 of the Virgin story.
1: Ida the Mele, a Bede Kanieru, Bede Kanieru Sahabandu, Kartane Kartane, Namagibagal and Utare Anderu, Adreavan Protutor Wagi.
0: Amen. so you know that he knows the Lord knows those who are his praise God so these are not his definitely it is written very plainly in 2 Timothy chapter 2 that the Lord knows them that are his praise God and verse 14 also brother <laughs>
1: Parokaraju, do they shake a Brian Amadua over Manushan Santa Save Karanu Karedu? Our get an Astian no opis than day day. Our no openigay, either Tarantoranu, Inopanigay Erdu, Matopanigay Wundu, Ige, our number and summer to Prakara Kutu, Tachinaway Brian Amadano.
0: Amen. And let's also hear verse thirty in Kalada, please. Amen. So again, you see, you know, this problem of throwing people into hell, it, it does not feature with the church. We are saved. Saved. It's, it's very hard to accept. Sometimes if you're not aware of the grace of God who, that was given to us in the salvation experience, It's something that you could not buy, you could not earn. It's not based on your performance, really. It's based on what Jesus has done for us in his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and sitting at the right hand of God, the one who prays for us. You know, even when we are gone astray, he prays for us. Notice the Corinthian church, they were terrible, and there were some bad cases there. But even that guy repented, I believe, because... Jesus prays for us, we still change our thinking and, and stay in the kingdom or stay saved. Are you getting this? Glory to God. So it's really hard to lose what Jesus has done in the mighty salvation, this is so great salvation. Hallelujah. Now, as we wind down, I'll just read one more verse, verse 32. Before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats and shall set the sheep on the right hand, goats on the left. (laughs) Glory to God. So here you notice that there's sheep and goats. Nations divided right there into two. And the sheep are on the right, and the goats are on the left. So you can see there's a division going on between the believer and the unbeliever. It's that simple. It's not in between. And that's for the period of time that is going to be known as the tribulation. It's it's going to be really tough to just stay, in quote, saved. And uh, there's going to be a lot of reaction to just believing in Jesus. People are going to lose their lives, uh, be martyred some unnecessarily because they are not sticking with the Word and hiding in those places and doing what they are supposed to do because the love of many will wax cold, because hardness will come in that period of time. The same principles are going to be there. You'll have to follow the Word, you'll have to walk in love, you'll have to love the Lord and seek His face and go after Him. If you are not willing to do that, you can be like the others who in Noah's time were just partying and marrying and building and doing whatever they wanted as though nothing was going to happen. Praise God. So what I would say is let us live one day at a time, forgetting the things that are past. Let's see how we can be a blessing on the earth. Help build the body of Christ. Help reach out in salvation to others. Be a blessing. Hallelujah. Till our time runs out. Till we finish our course. Praise God. Maybe we can hear verse thirty two in Canada also
1: amen praise
0: god in in the light of these things um you know think about it the way you read your Bible is very important, and therefore sometimes what people learn in in you know theological places may not be entirely sufficient. Your own love for the truth must drive you to actually seek God about these things. And if you love the truth, you will know the truth. If you seek for the truth, you will get the truth. Blessed are those who hunger and, and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. So as you pray over the Scriptures with the revelational prayers and, you know, all of those things in the pocket prayer thing. I'm telling you, God knows your heart and He will bring these things to us in greater measure. Amen? So I I urge you, we're not done. Let's see if we'll pick it up again. It's very interesting, you know, just to delve into these things. There's so many Scriptures. Actually, the New Covenant uh, Scriptures are based on old Covenant stuff that are spoken in an interesting way. And it just helps you to understand how God thinks. He's still the same. He has never changed. He's a good God. He's a faithful, loving, heavenly Father. One of these days you're going to hear the trump of God, our Lord shouting from heaven all the way to the earth through the whole universe and the voice of the archangel. Hallelujah. We're going to hear it. We will hear it. Only we will hear it. Praise God. So get ready to hear that. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. We love you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you for this age in which we are, Lord. Oh, we're so grateful that we are the church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Flesh of your flesh and bone of your bone. We are your hands and your feet. We are your body on the earth. We love you, Abba Father. We are grateful, Lord. We are so grateful that we are your family. That the family of God never changes. Hallelujah. You are our Father. Family that began in heaven continues down here. And will continue forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us to carry you properly, to bear you properly. As we stand in these last days, we love you, Lord. Help us to do it right. Thank you, Lord, that we can forget the things that are past, press into the high calling that's ours in Christ Jesus, to set our affection on things that are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. The Lord is touching somebody's right ear. Mercy of God is working there right now. Thank you, Father, for healing mercies. Restoration there in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Sharat. If you'd like to give this is a nice time to do it, we'll receive the offering in Jesus' name. If you're a tither we welcome you to give and we use this as a point of contact that you can give whatever gift tithes in Jesus' name and we're believing here mortal men receive but there he that lives forever receives thank you Lord that is into your nail pierced hands we give your tender mercies are working for us your loving kindness is working for us thank you Father the earth produces for us the earth yields for us. Doors open for us. The God who opens doors that no man can shut, who shuts and no man can open. You have opened a blessing upon us. Nothing can shut it. You have opened healing on us. Nothing can shut it. You have opened your life upon us, your divine glory upon us. Ha ha ha. Nothing can shut it. We receive, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. You're blessed.